welcome you. If you don't know me, I'm Mike Sainz. I'm the lead pastor here at the harbor, and I'm delighted to see you today here uh, at the harbor. We are in our third installment of the unusual series, and if you missed last Sunday, man, we had a powerful time here in the house. So I would urge you to go back and catch up. The first message we did was unusual blessings. That message, all of these messages are there online. Then last week, unusual victory. And boy, did we have a great time with that. And today, we're going to jump into something called unusual faith. And I want to direct your attention, if I may, to Luke uh, chapter number 5. And I just want to quickly read uh, about four verses to set the stage for where we're at. 12 through 16, Luke chapter 5. Jesus had just healed this man of leprosy. So watch this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And he saw Jesus and he fell on his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, if you read further, you're going to find that Jesus tells him, go show yourself to the priest. That's the only way you're going to be able to get back into the, the neighborhood because they put you out of the neighborhood, which this by implication shows us that Jesus went where sick folks are. And he reached out and touched a man that had a terrible disease. But nonetheless, uh, he went and he done what he'd done and he went to the priest. <clears throat> they examined him he was clean. He made his offerings and all of that stuff, and he went back. But it was noised abroad. I mean, word came that Jesus had healed this man of this dreadful malady. And he asked him to keep quiet about it, but you know how that goes. And I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody. Some of y'all have been bitten by that same ordeal. But because of the notable miracle, people began to seek out Jesus. They thronged him wherever he went. Uh, that they might themselves see a miracle or themselves receive a miracle. And that takes us to the setting of our story today. And in our story today, it comes out of Luke chapter 5, and it goes just below that. It starts in verse number 17. And, and today we uh, see Jesus speaking here. Notice what he says in verse 17. One day, this was shortly after this miracle, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. Now, here's what I want you to understand before we dive off deep into this, is, is that the religious leaders of the day, he said, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were sitting there. Why? They were coming to examine this man called Jesus. They came from all the regions around Galilee and Capernaum. They were coming to Capernaum where he was at. But it was their duty, it was their obligation, number one. And number two, they had to fulfill their own curiosity about this guy that's touching lepers and they're getting healed. And the Bible said it was noised abroad. Watch this. They had come from every village in Galilee and from Ju Ju Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some, and he said, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So they, they come carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him to the house to get him before Jesus. We sort of got it illustrated right now. They're bringing this paralyzed guy uh, on the mat, and he can't walk. He can't bring himself here. He can't get where Jesus is. 
but he needs to get there. Are you hearing me? He can't get there, but he needs to get there. And some men came carrying this paralyzed man on a mat, and they came all the way to the house. And let's just suppose this is the house where Jesus is at, and there is such a crowd and such a press. Just hold right there, guys. There's such a press right here that they can't even get. As a matter of fact, the houses that they had in that day was much like the houses we build in Guatemala as far as size goes. You could put at, at most about 50 people in there kind of like this. I mean, 50 people in the living room. And so the, the, the Bible tells me that it was noised abroad that they had, that people had heard that Jesus had healed this man and other people knew about it. And so they came for their curiosity and they came perhaps seeking a miracle themselves. But, but here's Jesus in the middle of a house. He, he's, he's right here in the room and there's men, all, women, men all around him. They're here. They're gathered. In fact, they're packed around the windows on the outside. The doors are open, and they're packed around. And people, it's just like an entourage of people all the way outside the house. And they're listening as close as they can listen, even though they can't actually see. So Jesus is there, and he's, he's, he's teaching. And, and, and here these guys come. And um, uh, some said this was possibly Peter's house. We don't know, and it really doesn't matter. The deal is that Jesus was there. And they came bringing him, and when they got there, they noticed this big crowd. Now, I want you to say, I want you to know something. It's noble for four friends to go out of their way to bring somebody that can't take themselves. And so, so if you guys will come right on over in the spotlight, maybe the camera will be able to see you there. Just come right on over. And so here they are. Now, I imagine one of them might have said, excuse me, could, could I get to where Jesus is at? But ain't nobody giving up their seat, baby. It's kind of like if you was at the Bama game last night or the FSU. Uh, ain't nobody leaving so you can come in. And, and so they're there and they're probably, would you please, is there any way you see we need to get this guy to Jesus? But these people just, they're not going to do it. Now, I want to make another observation before we dive off in this too deep, and that is when they heard, when all those people heard that Jesus was in the house, they all showed up. We still got a little room. Amen? Even though Jesus was in the house here last week, there ain't no doubt about it, he's here today. But, but they showed up in mass numbers, and these guys come, and they tried to get in, but they couldn't get in. Now, I want you to picture if this is the back of the house right here. It was common in those days for those houses to have a little staircase going up the side of the house or the back, and their rooftop was made that they would put um, trees, they would cut trees, put trees across there, branches across there, tiles across there, and then they would lay all kind of brush and leaves to keep the water and to shed that. These guys came carrying their friend, and when the crowd would not let them in, they, they, they let him down, now, I wish I had it built up here. Maybe next time we'll do it like that. But they just left him right there for a second. And they looked around and they gathered their thoughts. And somebody said, well, hey, we ain't come all this way for nothing. Let, let, let me tell you the first thing you need to know today. The most important thing you need to know today is there are people that need your help. There are hurt people like this man here that is hurt. He cannot walk, and he needs their help, and he cannot do what he wants to do. He cannot get where he needs to get unless they're willing to help him. 
And so there's people that need your help. And Mark chapter 2 tells it like this. A few days later when Jesus entered Capernaum, he said the people had heard that he had come to the home, had come home. Jesus was from Capernaum. They heard that he had come home. And they gathered so much that there was no room left and people was even outside. And as he was preaching this gospel, these guys have brought this man. And I just want to jump into their mind for a second. And I just, I just got to believe they said to themselves, you know, AJ, we didn't come all this way. We've done walk five miles. And we got this close. We can hear him. He's, just, he's inside that building. Walter, what do you think, man? We can't go back home, huh? Will, we can't, Tommy, we can't leave him. We've done walk five miles, maybe 10, I don't know, maybe 18. I have no idea. But we've brought him all this way. We can hear Jesus. There's got to be something we can do. And one of them said, you know what? I believe we can get on the roof. Huh? And so an entourage, it ain't like he's going to go nowhere. So they didn't have to say, stay there. But they climbed up on that roof. And and they're like, help me. And so they start peeling back branches. They start peeling back boards. They start removing tiles. And, and you know, Jesus is right here, and he's preaching. And, and, and I don't know if he, if he first thought the flies was after him. I don't know what it was, but something's raining down. It might have been over in the amen corner or, or Sister Long Tongue. I don't know where. But, but whoever, all of a sudden stuff started falling. Stuff started falling, and people, what in the world is going on? Security probably went out to see who's up on the rooftop. I don't know. But, but nonetheless, there's four guys up there. And by now, they've got an opening. And they can actually see Jesus. And there he is. And he's teaching as one with authority. And one says to the other, hey, man, we almost got it. we we, we got to make it big enough. We can get him down through there. And so they peeled it back and they peeled it back. And I want you all to just humor me for a second. If you just pick him up, if you will, and we'll just act it out. Just go ahead and pick him up in this mat. And sort of, it's almost like we're just going to bring him right on over here and assume we've already climbed up there. Come on, come on, come on this way. And we're just going to sort of let him down right here. Now we're going to let him down. It's almost like, I, I don't know, I don't know if they tied ropes to that thing and just got him down. But, but hang out with me for just a second. But here they are. I want you to understand something. There's people that need you. There's people that need you. You've got to understand this. There's going to be obstacles in the way. These guys didn't let this crowd stop them. <clears throat> these guys didn't let these walls stop them. <clears throat> these guys didn't let this rooftop stop them. <clears throat> they said, we are going to get our friend to Jesus. And you need to have a dogged determination that says, my friend needs Jesus. He is hurting. He can't go another step. He can't do anything. I have got to do what I can do to get him to Jesus. And I don't care what it takes. I don't, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to take no for an answer. I am going to get. Let me say this to you. If you will get that dogged determination about somebody that is lost, we will have to build phase two next year. If somebody realizes that somebody needs me, I want you to understand there is obstacles in the way. The house is full. Nobody's giving up their seat. But listen to me, drastic times calls for drastic measures. We're living in drastic times. And Jesus says, you got to understand this. There's people that need you. And you need to know that. And here's why. You need to know that because... 
if you don't help them, there's a good chance that they'll never get where Jesus is. If you don't help them, there's a good chance. You see, I'm not saying that Jesus couldn't have happened to come by that day after the meeting. He might have. But oh my, these guys knew that if we don't help him get there, he'll never get there. So there are people in your neighborhood. There are people that works on the job that you work, on the base that you work. And they're not paralyzed in their body, but in their spirit they have been paralyzed. And they need somebody with the faith of these four that will carry them to Jesus. You see, and you, you are that someone. You see, they love their friend. Uh, let me go back and, and read the rest of that. Uh, let, let's see. In, in, in verse 19, he said, When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Lord, have right in front of Jesus. And watch this. When Jesus saw their faith, didn't even say nothing about the sick man. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to this man, friend, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law got in on tizzy about that, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Jesus, you know, verse, let's go to 23. Jesus looked at this man uh, in verse actually 24, he tells him after he's healed him, he just says, I tell you, get up, take up your bed and go home. Woo. He ain't never, never seen it like this. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. But Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. So here's what, I, here's what you got to understand. And I, and, and I need to try to land this thing sometime today. Their, their, their love for their friend united them in an effort to get this man to Jesus so he could get what he needed. I wonder how many have said to God, I'm, Lord, I'm willing, whatever it is, to get my friend to Jesus. You know, you've prayed for your friend that they won't answer your phone call on Saturday night. They know you're going to ask them to come to church. You know they got their phone because they answer everything else, but they won't, they won't respond then. You know how that goes, right? And it's the kind of person that they have their phone 24-7. I mean, you know, they always got it, but they ain't got it because you're going to ask them. But listen, there's going to be a time in their life when they're going to hit rock bottom, and the time is right. And you are the one. Don't you miss your day of opportunity. Don't miss that day of opportunity. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. I need you and I to take some action. I need us to have some faith like these four men that was back here. I need us to say, I know somebody that needs that Jesus Pastor Mike's been preaching about. Somebody that needs to feel that spirit that I felt in that service because the man and his friends had great faith. You see, the healing process began. 
So who is the friend that you need to get to Jesus? You think about that for a moment. Who is that friend that you need to get to Jesus? Do you have faith to bring them? There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be people that laugh at you. There's people that wouldn't give up their seat. There's people there. They, ain't got, they don't care nothing about what Jesus got to say. They're there for the show. Some of them come to church. They, they don't care what I got to say. They just want to come see what's going on in this crazy church out here. Um, we've had some that testified to me and said, man, I don't even do church. But they've been back three Sundays in a row. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you see, uh, let me ask you, do you have the determination when you get here and it's bumping full? Let, let me put it in modern day terms. Let's say the parking lot, every spot is full and it's muddy on this day. And I got on my new heels. But my friend finally agreed to come. What am I to do? Oh, my Lord. I'm in a bad spot. Kick them heels off and walk in in your bare feet. <laughs> Hello? And find out that it's more about your friend meeting Jesus than you presenting today. <laughs> hey, don't worry about that. Well, you know, we don't come here. Uh, you know, it's all right to smell good and to look good and all of those things, but we're not here to smell good and to look good, although I appreciate it. That's wonderful. But the ultimate reason we are here is for sinners to meet Jesus. And the bottom line is these friends found a way. And I'm asking you, will you work until you find a way? Because there's going to be walls in the way. There's going to be people standing in the way. There's going to be obstacles in the way. But you've got to be so determined to say, there ain't nothing going to stop me from getting my friend to Jesus. Ooh, that's unusual faith. When Jesus saw that, so unusual that these men would walk. I'm not talking about load him up in your van. That they would walk and take him to the meeting where Jesus is at. So, listen, they did what they had to do. This man's friends had done their best to get him to Jesus. The man had risked everything. Let me ask you all something. What a great risk it was for these four to let this guy down. What if they had just dropped him from about nine? Don't! Well, the good thing is it ain't like he's going to be lame. He's already lame. I mean, he's going to probably be hurting, but it ain't like he could walk anyway. But it was a big risk on their part. And so they get him down there and see if he fell down, man, it's going to be bad on them. And I want to tell you something. There's some of you people, you're just worried to death. Well, if I get them to Jesus and nothing don't happen that day, or what if I get them to Jesus and Pastor Saint really shows out that day? Or what if I get them to Jesus and they sing one of them way back songs? Or what if I, listen to me, here's the deal. You just get them to Jesus. And Jesus can use an old way back song or a modern day contemporary song. Or he can use the soft. He can do whatever he wants to because he's sovereign. He's God. Lord, help me, Jesus. So, but if, what, what, what if I bring him and he ain't healed? What, you know, and all these things. Listen, uh, here's what I want you to know. Uh, I mean, you, you got to get up motivated because somebody needs your help. If you don't help them, they're not going to get to Jesus. So you got to make your mind up that you're going to do something unusual. 
Somebody's probably going to laugh at you. Somebody's probably going to write something up on Facebook about you. You know, let me just say this. When you're doing something right and you're stirring up the kingdom, uh, uh, doing something in the kingdom of God, you're going to stir up some devils, and they're going to write some bad things. So what? I don't have to answer none of them except to Jesus. But here's the thing. Two notable miracles took place. And I want to highlight that because I've only highlighted the healing. But these men brought their friend to Jesus. And uh, there was obstacles in the way. But nothing would stop them from getting there. And in the text, in Luke chapter 5, and when Jesus began talking to them, the first thing he said was not, take up your bed and walk. You remember I told you at the start that there were some religious leaders there that day because they had heard about this Jesus. And the first thing he did, let's just, can we put that scripture back up in Luke 5? Where Jesus says thy sins are forgiven. Here's what Jesus did. They brought this man to Jesus because he needed to learn how to walk. That he needed to be healed. But when he got to Jesus, Jesus said, I have not seen such faith in this whole place. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, you have a greater need than being able to walk. Thy sins be forgiven thee. The first miracle that he did was heal his body. No, no, no. Heal his soul. The first miracle that you see because you can go to heaven lame, but you can't go to heaven lost. I said you can go to heaven lame, but you can't go to heaven lost. And Jesus looked at him and said... Friend, verse 20, your sins are forgiven. These guys thought we brought him to Jesus to get him healed. And he said, oh, I appreciate and I applaud the faith you had that I could heal him. But not only can I heal his lame legs, I can fix his lost soul. Now, if all he had done was healed his legs, it would have been all right. But the Pharisees, in verse 21, and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 22 says, Jesus knew what they were thinking. They didn't even say it out loud. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Jesus said. So now he's all of a sudden got the religious leaders of the law. They're backed up on their heels. They didn't say a word about his blasphemy. They were just thinking it. And he said, why do you think these in your heart? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? (laughs) He said, but I want you to know, verse 24, that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. What Jesus said is the guy you're looking at today, 
I am willing to heal his body, but I do have the authority to save his soul. And you know what? He could have said, I am the only begotten son of the Father. Oh, you better stand with me. Listen, so that you know that it's not one or, but it's both and. <laughs> Some people come to Jesus because they have a heart condition. I'm talking about, you know, the wrong rhythm. I'm talking about AFib or whatever fib. But I'm telling you, God says, oh, you got a heart problem. But I'm not talking about the rhythm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the contents. He said, I'm talking about who is on the throne of your heart. And I am he that can deal with both today. Woo. That stirs me. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, i got to ask you something. Who is that friend that God is calling you to have unusual faith for? Now, you might be in need yourself, and you might be able to walk down this aisle. You might not have the courage to do that, but it might be you. But I would suggest to you that everybody here has got somebody you know that for one reason or the other, the friends thought it was because he was lame. Jesus said it's because he was lost. I don't know who it is that you need to have unusual faith for, but I'll tell you this. If you'll get a dogged determination like these four friends, God will see your faith if you will not be moved by those obstacles and you'll press in. He'll see your faith and he'll honor that faith. So while his about and eyes are closed right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Saints, I know somebody. I know somebody right now. I, I've got them in my mind. Maybe it's you yourself. Can I get you to put your hand up and just hold it up right now? I got somebody. Come on, come on, come on. I got somebody in my mind. It's bold, it's courageous. As Adam sings a song, I want you to just step out from where you are right now. Make an unusual step and just come around this altar. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It, it, it may be a week from now or a month from now or a year from now. But I'll petition God every day. I'll call on God when I pray. And I'm going to see my lost son, daughter, mama, daddy, cousin, aunt, uncle, father, grandfather, mother, grandmother neighbor, whoever it is, I'll be one of those four. This person, oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with their physical body, but they don't realize it, but spiritually they are lame and they can't go. I want to pray for you right now.